listening to the Paper Cuts Comic Podcast with Dan the Bearded Wonder Ryan and Dean the Best Lord DeFalco. For the best comic podcast with the most personality on the web, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy, and welcome to Season 2, Issue 3 of the Paper Cuts Podcast. I am your host, Dan Ryan. Joining me this morning is Mr. Dean DeFalco. I'm here. And Evan Goldstein and Matthew Much. Oh, wait, no. They're at Comic-Con and they didn't invite us, the bastards. Yeah, yeah, about that. Um, you know, Evan was allowed to get two tickets only if he had to suck, only if he could suck Moon Knight's dick. So he made that sacrifice for himself and Matt Much. But not us. No, no. Well, Mainly you know, because uh, we make fun of his affection for Moon Knight, so well, that's fair. You know. well, and somebody has to here has to be here to to steer this ship, the good ship, paper cuts. Evan met Kevin Smith. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I'm jealous. Toad's jelly. Yeah, which is a thing I will never say again. I promise. Okay, good. Anyway, so what a weird week in fucking comics, man. Like, all right, so I have uh, I have done. A, a fair amount of bashing on Marvel for uh, being unbelievably late with Secret Wars. And because of their lateness, the books that were supposed to come out after Secret Wars were was over with the new universe being established uh, started coming out this week, along with Secret Wars number eight, six of eight. That sucks. Yeah, we still got some uh, Secret Wars to go, and it's really confusing to figure out what the fuck is going on. Well, it really is, because, like, in all of the number ones that we read this week, nothing was explained, so nothing spoils the ending of Secret Wars, but at this point, the ending of Secret Wars is somewhat inconsequential. Yeah, pretty much. Because well, I, I, we're, I we're already I'm... moving on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's weird. I don't I don't really feel great about reading these books because as much as they were great, I still didn't really know what to think of them because I don't know how they got there. I don't know why this shit's going on or anything. So, yeah, it's a little, a little weird. Very strange week. Especially uh seeing a Stephen Strange number 1, knowing what happened to him, knowing that currently he's dead. So, yeah. But fear not, intrepid listeners. We are here to discuss the new Marvel number ones this week. Um, so Dean is going to kick us off with a book that I simply did not have time to get to this week, which was the all-new, all-different point one number one. Okay. Which so, is a terrible, terrible name. Yeah, it, it was a weird name for a book. Really, it's just setting up... Um, uh, so remember what happened with the original Secret Wars? Uh-huh. Where, you know, they, they get all yeah, the Venom superheroes together? Pretty much the only thing that came out of the original Secret Wars. Yeah. Um, they're doing it again. Except this time, Maestro is picking everyone. Which is awesome. That's the whole Maestro book. Is, Maestro, oh, that's it? That was <laughs> all it was? It's just him fucking picking people like, no, <laughs> no, no, you'll do. Maybe you, no, no, not you. No, you're weird. Collector, help me. What do I do? I don't understand. And then Collector's just like, listen, this is your deal. Just know if you lose that you're dead. 
So, it is what it is. Fair enough. And it doesn't really go beyond explaining that. And again, that's why it's a point one issue, because it's just setting up for things that happen. But it's literally just him picking things and backstories to the perspective people that he might pick. That's really it, man. There's there's nothing else going on in that book. It was it was interesting. Uh, the characters that they went over were really cool. Um, that, that, yeah, I, I flipped through it briefly. I saw Venom um, wearing a Spidey suit ah, as a cape. Alternate universe Venom, though. Yeah. So like, and and here's where the problem comes in with Secret Wars not being done. Uh, why is there an alternate universe Venom? Right. What and universe, where does he come? Like, what, what is going on? Yeah. Yeah, no, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it didn't really explain <laughs> it too much either. I just know that Eddie Brock is fucking nuts because he's talking to Peter, who's dead, who he murdered. So it's still in his head. It's 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 weird. See, and that sounds pretty awesome. Like, I'm excited about that. It, it, it's, it's weird. It, you know, it's just I want to know why or how yeah. or, or anything. Or, or something. I want... Give me some breadcrumbs, Yeah, I'm man. not going to spoil it's... this because it was interesting what happens at the end. So, you know, okay. that's that's a thing. Just, I mean, uh, I, saw, I saw Carnage was in it. Carnage is in it. Rocket and Groot were in it. I love Carnage, like, but I grew up in the 90s, so that's why I love Carnage. Well, there's some Daredevil and alumni making an appearance at the end, so that's all I'm going to say. I love Daredevil. Like, I'm all I'm all about it. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, read the book. I will it's, read it's this book a... probably when we're done. It's not a bad book. It's just, you know... <laughs> there's no place for it right now. Like our world's not together yet. Or yeah. we don't know how it came together. So I don't know why Maestro's here. Why is he doing this again or anything? <laughs> I just, it doesn't make much sense. Not, not a bad book. It was well-written. The art was great. Maestro's always really cool to, to have like in a main character type role because it's, it's Bruce Banner at his apex. He is he's at the top of his game now. There is no, you know, conflict of interest anymore. He's just amazing, crazy, badass Hulk all the time. Which is awesome. Yeah, long live I love Randy Maestro. Savage. Maestro's long long live Randy Savage, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, moving on to uh the next book in our lineup for today was Avengers Zero. It all begins here. And this book was again very very similar to the the point one book was all set up i and i didn't like this one though really i did it, I dug I, it this was one. too much going on for me like it kept skipping <laughs> around way too much there is a lot in this book like first of all it's 50 pages or so um so it's a double-sized issue and it it basically its job was to introduce readers to the new Avengers teams and not the new Avengers, but the, you know, cause there are a there new is a version team of the, the Avengers. Team. Yeah. There is a team called the new, new Avengers, but a new version of all the different Avengers teams. And it's done through, uh, basically through a lot of fucking dialogue. This is a very dialogue heavy book. Listen, and it's real talk for a minute. I, I skipped like a good 10 pages. <laughs> <laughs> like I was like, Nope, Nope, Nope. Need, need more fun. Need more fun. Need, yeah, there's there's a lot of dialogue, a lot of very heavy, heavy dialogue in this book. And it's all being told uh, from the perspective of Nighthawk, a member of the Squadron Supreme, who, like, I knew who all these people were from the very beginning, because I know who the Squadron Supreme is. If you're a new reader, 
I suppose the last page of this book, spoilers, when he's like, <laughs> when he gives one of the worst fucking cheesiest lines I've ever seen of, our squadron will be supreme. It's like, really? That's that's how you went with introducing it, because you made the text different. But, so. but cool, cool uh, villain at the end, which uh, that was that was nice. It was. It was very cool. Happy but, to see he uh, he survived. Uh, that that'll be interesting. Yeah. So yeah, it goes through, and the the first little vignette story that's in here is the vision uh, showing up to talk to the Scarlet Witch. That that was funny. That was soap opera. <laughs> it was it was soap opera. I like what they're doing with Vision. Like Vision is is having kind of a crisis. He's starting to see ghosts everywhere and can't. Like, he can't make decisions, and for a person that has a computer as a brain, it's basically like he has a virus. So, he goes in, and he deletes all of his emotions. And that's where the book leaves off, because he's going to be part of the all-new, all-different Avengers team, um, which is going to be written by uh, Mark Wade. And, like, I'm into it. I dig this version of this team. I think it's going to be cool. It's got the new Miss Marvel on it. It's got Miles Morales, Spider-Man on it. And now it's got this vision with no emotions, just a cold calculating, almost Ultron-esque. I was going to say like, this is, this is very Ultron-y. I don't, I don't almost don't see this lasting long, but I do like how they did that quick flashback to how he was the human torch first. Yeah. I thought that was cool. Like they gave enough of his backstory. Um, Then it jumps back over to the squadron to, Supreme beating some people up. Then we jump over to A Force, um, which is going to be the basically the female Avengers uh, book. Alpha Flight is in it. Apparently, Alpha Flight is going to be in outer space now because that's a thing. There's this weird uh, spectral uh, celestial thing that shows up while Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers, is out flying around. Uh, there's they're talking to it. It's it's trying to find its consciousness and like figure out what it was. She punches it in the face and <laughs> shoots shoots like energy at it. They send out a uh, a doctor who is there a a biophysicist a something like that. I don't know. I read a lot of stuff this morning. Um, but they send out a doctor who is there to take care of this creature and she creates a little black hole. I'm sorry, Captain she Marvel has Rescuers. a black hole bomb strapped to her. I, like, uh-huh. I'm like, what the... F- you just sent out a human bomb. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Yeah, no, that, that makes perfect sense. It's comic books, man. <laughs> it makes perfect else? sense. Okay. So they black hole this, uh, this weird energy creature, and Captain Marvel flies her back to the airlock, and then we see this creature taking shape at the end of it, and that's where that one stops. We cut back over to the Squadron Supreme. Then we jump into the new Avengers book, the new New Avengers, um, which is going to be a very tech, a tech-heavy book. It's uh, advanced, or it, what was formerly the evil criminal organization known as AIM, the Advanced Idea Mechanics, is now AIM, the Avengers Idea Mechanics. And this, I don't give a fuck what, what else happens in this book. General Thunderbolt Ross has a line here yeah. in this in this double page spread and he says it's time to bring out our big gun time to unleash hell it's time for the american kaiju 
And there's a giant monster with a fucking... It's like a Godzilla monster (laughs) with an American flag flag tattooed on its fucking face. It's Guile in monster form, man. (laughs) Fucking it's Guile in monster form. What more could you possibly want out of a comic book? Nothing. I I did find that amazing. That was was pretty funny. I got to that page and went, well, yeah, I'm in. Of course. (laughs) It does look like an interesting team. Uh, there is another really cool little panel on that page as well of uh, White Tiger in getting yelled at by, it, it looks like fucking Battle Cat from He-Man, which is why I was excited about it, but apparently the the tiger spirit god, whatever thing gives her her power, is pissed off at her. Um, oh yeah, he was all mad, he was screaming. Yeah, he, he looks like fucking, looks like Battle Cat from He-Man. It's, yeah. I'm fucking in. But American Kaiju... Godzilla with an American flag tattoo. I'm I'm so ready for that. I hope it gets its own comic. <laughs> I really do too. I hope it crosses over with Kaiju Max. Come oh. on, make that happen. Oh, that'd be great. That'd be fucking amazing. He just shows up in the prison one day. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> anyway, but the uh the new Avengers team, um, it's uh Sunspot and uh Pod. I don't I don't know who that is. Uh Songbird, Hawkeye, um, Squirrel Girl. Hulkling, and it looks like Wiccan. I'm not sure if it is, though. Um, so that's a cool-looking team. Um, that The villain in that one is going to be the Maker, the Ultimate Fantastic Four, or what was formerly the Ultimate Fantastic Four uh, version of Reed Richards, who's gone all evil and is currently in Secret Wars up to some nefarious shit. Apparently he survives. Spoilers, uh, I guess. Cut back to Squadron Supreme. Uh, then we jump over to the... Next Avengers title, which is going to be led by Steve Rogers putting his team together, and it's all Deadpool. Deadpool is now an Avenger. It was pretty awesome. I liked it. It's it's being written by Jerry Duggan, who was doing the Deadpool book. So Deadpool is going to be great. The art looked great. I'm in. I mean, it's a Deadpool book. You know, you, Deadpool you, as an Avenger. What, what more uh... do you need? What really brought this, like, slowed the book down for me was the uh, the dialogue with Zarda, because there's a lot of it, and I there is a lot of it. I didn't really want to read any of it, because that's probably the one book I didn't care about. Really? And I, it's all characters that I'm like, I don't, I know who you are, but I don't know anything about you, so mm-hmm. I'm just, and that was probably, I think, the biggest chunk of the book, because that turns around like twice i think it's it's two separate entries in that book yeah yeah well and and with this one too i mean i like it, it it's captain america it's deadpool it's going to be their team but apparently rogue is dying and they're trying to find out a way to save her and like i mean that's enough of a mystery for me i i kind of dig that idea so you know we'll see where that one goes then we get the uh I think it was the last one, the Ultimates book um, that's going to be in the Marvel Universe proper. Um, it is replacing, I believe, the Mighty Avengers. And it's uh, Miss America, uh, Black Panther. Um, basically, it is the Ethnic Avengers. Like, there's really not a better way to put that, because that's what the Mighty Avengers book was, and that's what it appears this one will be as well. However... It will feature artwork from the now Marvel-exclusive Kenneth Roquefort, who was formerly on one of the Superman books and draws really pretty pictures. I really like his artwork. This book, look, this, like, this alone 
his artwork alone will be enough to pick it up. But it's, yeah, it's uh, Black Panther, Blue Marvel, Spectrum, uh, Miss America, and yeah, that's the last one. So then we jump over. Nighthawk uh, finishes up by saying that our squadron will stand supreme. He put together his team to basically be able to cut down any of those Avengers teams. So it's a fucking big book. I liked it. I thought it was cool. It didn't do a ton to introduce you to some of the more ancillary characters. Like if in the very back of the book, there is a preview of what's coming out. So you've got new Avengers, number one, A-Force, number one, all new, all different Avengers, number one, Ultimates, number one, Squadron Supreme, number one, and Uncanny Avengers, number one. And there's a bunch of characters on here that as as versed in the Marvel stuff as I am, there's a few that I don't recognize. Yeah, there. <laughs> and they didn't do anything to introduce them. Nope. So, yeah. I'm like, we'll oh, see that's how a guy. That goes. Yeah. A thing. <laughs> it's a dude and a person. I like it. I don't know. I dug this book. It's, I could see how this one isn't for everybody, and it's certainly not required reading. If you want an introduction to where the Marvel stuff is going, as far as the Avengers are concerned. It just wasn't my favorite, that's all. Yeah, this, you know, that this would be a one to pick up for that. But next book on our list is Contest of Champions, number one, which, uh, you know, for being a book that seems to be completely, to be happening for no reason other than to cross-promote the mobile game, the Marvel Contest of Champions game, I really liked it. I thought it was fun. This was the one with uh, Guillotine? Yeah, Guillotine and uh, and the British Punisher. Yeah, I, I wanted more, and then it ended, and I was a little sad. <laughs> yeah, but that's a good thing. I yeah, mean, you no, wanted no, no. more yeah, at the end of, of it, so... you want more. You know, um, they, they used some characters that... I mean, British Punisher, I... Not, I'm not gonna the lie. Outlaw. I didn't, didn't really know or care that there was a British Punisher, but I mean, it was cool. And then Gamora. No, I had no idea. And... I had I had never seen this character before. Yeah, and then Gamora is like completely badass, uh, mm-hmm. half fucking Moon Knight looking motherfucker with the sword and shit. That was crazy. And fucking Joe Fix It. Like yeah, that Grey was Hulk. that was out of nowhere. And then Iron Man's like Hulk, and he's like, "Don't call me Hulk." <laughs> Bro, son of a bitch, my name is Joe Fix It. <laughs> and Razor Frazzit. <laughs> Yeah, for for listeners who may not know, at some point in like I believe it was the early nineties, Grey Hulk. Um, the uh the Hulk went back to being his original Grey Hulk, but he was super smart and he went by the name Joe Fixit, and he was a bouncer in Las Vegas. <laughs> it was fucking awesome, because like he talked like a normal human and he was just like he wore a suit and shit and a dope fucking fedora. It was a badass time for the Hulk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, you know, the 90s was a crazy time. Coke was a hell of a thing. Apparently, that makes the Hulk way smarter and kind of a douche. <laughs> and a bouncer. <laughs> and a bouncer at a fucking nightclub. Oh, that's amazing. But, uh, yeah, so, like, this book is basically just going to be uh, apparently punching people a lot. There's a Hydra, a Hydra agent shows up riding a dinosaur. That is also a part of Hydra because, and we know this because it's got a giant Hydra logo on its dinosaur chest. Um, British Punisher outlaw shoots the Hydra agent in the head, which lets the dinosaur uh, run free. Non-lethal though. Non-lethal. Non-lethal. No rubber bullets. Um, and then Gamora shows up and fucking destroys this dinosaur, like kills the dinosaur, and then they're teleported 
back up to the collector, uh, Benicio del Toro from the Avengers movies, and Maestro. And yeah, it's just going to be fighting. You know, we, we then get a backstory of what I thought and was really hoping was going to be Silver Sable, but turned it, turned out to be White Fox. Uh, Silver Sable, I think I'm the only person who was hoping that that was going to be Silver Sable, but, you know, that's uh, that's a thing. I, I didn't even know who that was. I, I was just like, Korean superhero. Okay, cool, great. Yeah, fantastic. done and done. And then we get a, uh, a French guy, the guillotine, who uh, we get the backstory of the guillotine sword, which is a sword that just is thirsty for blood just needs to have it and has been apparently passed down and is now in the possession of a young lady who is the current guillotine and like i'm into that one i think that's a cool story well i i, I thought the sword's kind of funny because she's like that's my husband and he's like good you could well the sword's like good you could get close and then kill him <laughs> yeah that's like i'm pretty excited for a possessed sword that that has no uh no qualms about you know killing relatives and shit because that was just ridiculous it'll, it'll be funny i think it'll be a good time yeah and when the the whoever is showing up to collect these people for the contest of champions like says you know you've been summoned and the sword like its eyes flash and it says oh good <laughs> like it's fucking awesome it's it an is. evil sword that wants to I'm, that wants blood I, I i like this book i was i was thoroughly like i'm like all right cool i'll read another one and then i remembered i'm not reading back issues there are no other ones <laughs> yeah there are there are no there are no other ones um and spoilers too fucking stick oh man yeah that that, that was a thing stick yeah because the Daredevil TV show was apparently so popular that they got to bring Stick back. Spoilers to the first book we talked about. That oh, was that's the right. Daredevil alumni. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. Sorry. No, I it's thought cool. maybe it was it's like cool. Typhoid Mary or. No, 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 like no, no, no. It's, it's, it's Stick and he's badass. He. Uh, all right. Cat's out of the bag. He fucks up Venom with a mop. <laughs> How the hell do you beat up Venom? With just the, the fucking mop post, how? How do you do that? I don't, I don't even know. But because um, he stick. Yeah, yeah, that's that's just really fucking I guess, dope. Yeah, that's I guess all you need. So it was it was pretty awesome. I again, I was not expecting that, but fuck it, why not? Well, it's like the Spanish Inquisition. Nobody ever expects it. <laughs> yes, Dan. Perfect. Ah, <laughs> oh, moving on. My favorite book of the week, uh, Doctor Strange number one. Ah, oh, yep. Totally agree. Right? Totally agree. Great book. Awesome. Awesome book. Yeah. I, at, like, I saw that Doctor Strange number one was coming out this this week, and I was like, all right, well, he's dead, and maybe they'll explain like how he's back or whatever. Nope. And they don't, and I don't give a shit. It was that good. Doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, the the whole <laughs> setup for the first part of the book is great. I, I was fucking really into it. And then, yeah, just, oh, so good. So good. I'm pretty happy. Uh, the whole last part with the girl and the the head demon that that was a little creepy though. Like I kind of wanted mm-hmm. to throw up. Yeah, it was a little gross. <laughs> but yeah, so you open this book up and you are greeted by a collection of panels from Doctor Strange's first book, his origin book, like the Steve Ditko panels. And I believe these are redrawn. Like they don't look. They don't look a hundred percent exact as reprints, but they might be. I'm not sure. But they serve their purpose. 
they've got you've got all these panels uh, basically giving you the condensed version of Doctor Strange's origin story, and it's got all their dialogue and whatnot, and you can read through them if you want. Uh, but you don't have to because there is also new dialogue written over top of it, and it's a very cluttered layout. There's a lot of shit on this page, but it works, and it works really, really well. It's like, which set, this sounds like a ridiculous thing to say, but it, it's one of my favorite pages that I've seen so far I, this I th year. I think it was the choice of the colors that they used for the word boxes compared to the actual background. It just really popped and stood out, and you were able to get through it very quickly. Yeah, it's it, it's fucking oh god, it's it's just such a beautiful page, even with like. I want I want this page like I want this as a poster. That I would be a very frame. very cool like you know big poster to have laid out. It's just it's fucking cool. But the next page that we jump over to, like the very next page is a double page spread of Doctor Strange being super badass and like fighting these crazy demons and there's teddy bears and flowers and shit on there and it's just it's like it's like action sorcerer supreme. Here we go. And it's, oh God, it's a gorgeous book. Like Chris Bacalo's artwork, I am, I am very hit or miss with him um, in the proper application. I think he is absolutely one of the best, but then he draws the X-Men and I don't care for it all that much. In this book, with the amount of just weird shit that is going on, it's, it's fucking gorgeous. I was great, man. Uh, every, everything was fantastic. But I mean, I guess you get some sort of artistic creativity when you're drawing things that aren't real. You know, you, you got th uh, things from this the nether sphere, nether world, nether scope, whatever the fuck it's called. And, the nether nether. Yeah, the nether nether. And, <laughs> and you know, you, you got these weird worm things, monsters with like 15,000 tentacles and stuff. You, you get some creative you know, license there and you can kind of make things your own, which I, I think he did very well. Sunflowers with teeth. That shit. Like I said, this book is a slightly <laughs> disturbing. It's fucking weird. It's, it's fucking weird. But, uh, there's this, there's a girl who is apparently leading this, uh, charge of monsters, uh, throughout the, the nether nether. And, uh, Dr. Strange is, is putting the moves on her. Hardcore, dude. There's like a hentai moment in there with the tentacles. It, yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's pretty close to fucking hentai. But uh, Doctor Strange is uh is basically telling this girl like, "Look, I'm gonna take care of these monsters, and then you can get it." And she does. Like, there's a panel like the the splash page of you know, Jason Aaron writer Chris Bacalo pencils and colors and all that is Doctor Strange making out with this girl. And, and then we jump to she's not a girl though. She got fucking well, weird yeah, whatever. snake tentacle shits coming out. She doesn't have legs. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. I, you gotta get what you can take, right? No, you do what you can do. It then jumps immediately over to a page of Doctor Strange in a young boy's bedroom, uh, floating. And his parents are there asking if Doctor Strange is making kissing sounds. And Doctor Strange comes out of his trance, says, It's done. I took care of the things that were in your boy's head. Uh, he's got these weird markings on on his body, but uh, they'll be gone. Um, don't worry about it. There was a bunch of uh, other dimensional, nether dimensional uh, soul eaters that Doctor Strange tells to go to uh, Rikers Island and feast on the the minds of the child murderers. 
which is kind of badass. I am like not gonna lie, sweet. like that one line, I was like, yeah, you know, this is this is a good book. He they yeah. they they're they're doing good. I like it. Well, and then he's got this. There's this really nice moment. So you get like crazy action, Doctor Strange to start, and then as Doctor Strange is leaving the, these people's house, they say, you know, like how can we ever repay you? And Doctor Strange basically just says, you have a neighbor. He's super depressed. Uh, his birthday is coming up, and he doesn't want to spend his birthday alone. Buy him a cake and a goldfish and go over and have it with him, and we're good. Which was like, all right, so we're getting this like really super awesome action Doctor, action Doctor Strange and, you know, social commentary as well in this book. And I'm in because Jason Aaron is a fucking amazing writer. You know, he seems more down to earth in this book and less of a... Which is saying something. Yeah, of a like a galactic, you know, mystic defense system, which he says he can do, but he goes into saying, you know, people just seem to find me at my house, you know, the dog's talking to them, uh, they're hearing <laughs> voices and stuff, and they ask me to take care of it, and I do what I can. And I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, man. Just hang out in New York City, drink with your sorcerer buddies, and fix people. I like this Yeah, how, how cool was that? There's there's a bar that only magicians can get into, which is fucking cool, and it was like Scarlet Witch and Doctor Voodoo and whatnot. And, well, I, before that, though, as Doctor Strange is leaving the house, he basically turns his cape into stairs and kind of, like, walks down the stairs out of, like, this third story walk up on the upper east side and the cape then turns into a scarf and it is hipster strange no longer doctor strange Dude, bitch has is... got a magic carpet too he rides that shit and whatnot it's bananas fucking awesome yeah rocking the mustache and the soul patch and a fucking scarf in the village in new york like, he fits right in it's perfect <laughs> absolutely hipster strange he should maybe move to williamsburg it's but... true but other than that, it's I was a fucking great book, and where it ends, uh, like where where our cliffhanger is to set up basically the rest of of the run of of this story is that a young girl shows up at his house and he stands outside talking to her, pretending that he's not Doctor Strange, and eventually invites her in. She shows him this weird growth thing on her head, and all these fucking crazy monsters come out of her head. And the the main plot of the book has been, you know, Strange has been going around doing all these things, and earlier when he was in the bar, the magician's bar, this weird old magician came up to him and said, you know, every time I did something good, I went home and killed a rabbit, because that is how you keep the cosmic balance, you know, a life for a life. Have you? How many rabbits have you killed, basically? How many, you know, what have you done to keep the cosmic balance and apparently strange has not been keeping the cosmic balance and there's some bad mystical shit coming well i like uh when all the demons are popping out he's like maybe i should have drowned a whole bunch of bunnies <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it's awesome uh, you know i fucking what? love um, this book. That's, that's the title for this uh this episode maybe i should have drowned a whole bunch of bunnies yep yep i agree <laughs> plus this one out of all the books that came out this week had the fucking best alternate cover the hip-hop variants oh, are going man. on this month yeah the chronic is, uh, rip yep dr strange the mystic the mystic as opposed to dr dre the chronic fucking great yeah that, that was good uh i'm probably gonna track that one down and uh purchase it yeah i'm i'm all over this one this book uh so far like i said is it was my favorite book of the week 
Um, I'm fucking really excited for this book. I think this is going to be great. I just don't want it to go the way of uh, Silver Surfer, where it kind of dies off and, you know, then it's over. Cause... Well, it's going to. I mean, <laughs> I think that's I something that we know. have to be... I know. I know, but I think we have to be ready for that. I think you're going to get 14, 15 issues of this book before sales aren't strong enough, which is a shame. But that's how Doctor Strange works best. You I, know, I these, yeah. these little stories. There's not... I mean, Jason Aaron is an incredibly talented writer, but most people have, like, a Doctor Strange story to tell. And then once they tell that story, the book kind of peters out. Yeah, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, is Moon Knight still going on? Uh, Moon Knight is coming back with a ridiculous uh, creative team All and right. storyline. It, it's It starts with him in a mental hospital. It's going to be fucking awesome. I, I'm, I'm happy, you know, because those, those are the the three that this sort of summer I was looking forward to. I knew there was a Doctor Strange one coming out. Uh, the Silver Surfer one was great, and the Moon Knight one was fantastic, mainly because you don't really need any backstory to understand mm-hmm. what's going on with most of these books. They kind of just create a new story, and you go from there. Well, and that's the deal with uh, where those two are going. There is a new Silver Surfer book coming uh, later this year, early or either early next year. And there is a new Moon Knight book coming out as well. And they both, from the previews anyway, look like they're going to be excellent continuations of what was happening. Because you're right, those two were incredibly high quality books that not a ton of people were reading, but were really good. Hey, we sang their praises more than once. We certainly did. And will continue to do so. Well, as long as they're good. (laughs) Well, yeah. No, even if they're bad. All right, okay. (laughs) Go out and buy Moon Knight. Sure. We have to keep Evan happy. <laughs> Bastard. Fucking Comic-Con. He sent me a picture of the Ultimate Warrior statue, by the way. I don't know if you've seen nah, the Ultimate you got Warrior tribute that statue. Nah. It's the scary... It's fucking nightmare fuel. It's so bad. It's so bad. Really? I mean, fuck Ultimate Warrior at the end of the day anyway. The guy was a fucking prick. He was a homophobic bigot, but, you know... Uh, yeah, it's he a He was a physically statue. massive person in his prime, though. He certainly was. Steroids will fucking do that to you. Yeah, he was He was huge. You know, like, everybody was so surprised when he died. Like, I can't believe he died. I can't believe he lived that long. Yeah, he was a hateful I'm, prick whose I'm, heart should have exploded years ago with the amount of steroids he pumped in. I'm, you know what? I'm surprised Hulk Hogan's still alive, to be honest. Yeah, well, that's true. But who else would we have to pick on now? And uh, that, that's learn true. From? Anyway, oh. that's, uh, that's more Tiger Driver 91 category, which you can find right here on geekade.com. Uh, Invincible Iron Man number one. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis is now writing the Iron Man book. David Marquez is doing the pictures, and they're pretty. He's a really good artist. I don't know how you felt about this book. This is, I, you know what? I had trouble ranking them, uh, but I'd probably say this is my second favorite. I think so, too. I think this is my my second favorite of the week. Uh, David Marquez's Madam Mask in this. Fucking gorgeous. I mean, the the detail on the mask, the way the coloring was done, uh, the just everything he did and the coloring team did with this book was excellent. And it's Bendis. I mean, Bendis is a very wordy guy. Um, nobody, like, we don't need to sing Bendis' praises all that much. He's a fucking great writer. You know, uh, at- I, I get what you're saying, though. There was a point where, you know, it was I, I was reading this at, I think, like, 12 in the morning one night. 
And uh, most comic books, I could at least make it through the issue, but this about like midway when uh, he's talking to his his interest in this book, I sort of zoned out for a moment. I it it did get a bit wordy. Yeah, I mean, it definitely is. It's a bit wordy, but basically the premise of this one is that Tony Stark has finally cracked the uh, the big idea that he's been working towards this whole time which is his Iron Man suit being able to be adaptable on the fly and not have to actually change into a different suit, but that his the suit that he has on can change color, can change shape, can become basically whatever he needs it to be, um, which is a pretty sweet idea. It, it has the possibility to be a little too powerful, you know, and like make it a little too easy of like, oh, there's a thing. I just will conjure some bullshit and there we go. I took care of the thing, you know, and instead of dealing with the physical limitations of, of what the armor is capable of doing. That's true. But I still thought it was cool. Um, the storytelling in this, there is a lot of small little panels, as like Dean said, you know, you're working with uh, Tony on a date with this other scientist who has discovered a a cure as she calls it for the mutant gene that would not harm anyone but would wipe out all the mutants i am sure we will come back to that point later at some point in this the run of this book um but the storytelling of them just having a conversation having dinner is done really really well there's it's there's a couple jokes in there that are pretty funny you know like tony stark says to this woman, you know, if I was trying to impress you, doctor, I'd have Thor accidentally stop by. Uh, <laughs> to which she responds with, uh, you don't have to do that. You're Tony Stark, just be Tony Stark. And as she's saying that, we see Tony Stark waving off Thor as Thor is coming to land, like, and say hi. He's like, no, no, fuck off. <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. Like, I dug that. Um, he goes in to try to, to kiss her, to make the move on her, and she's like, what are you doing? And she, he's, what, I have to wait? Thought that shit only happened in movies. What what are you talking about? And as they are in the middle of this conversation, his holographic assistant, Friday, uh, which is a play on his gal Friday, shows up and tells him that Madame Mask has just broken into Castle Doomstadt in Latveria and stolen a thing. And we don't know what the thing is, but Iron Man has to go check it out. So he goes to check it out. And there's a bunch of dudes that are there because Doctor Doom is not around anymore because Secret Wars hasn't finished yet, so we don't know what's happening. Or is he? Or is he? And there's a bunch of dudes that show up and, like, they're going to attack Tony Stark and they say, you know, take off the armor or whatever. And there is a sonic pulse that goes on that knocks all these guys unconscious. And he turns around and it is Victor Von Doom with a normal face. Not all fucking gnarly like it was in Secret Wars. Bro, like Wearing fucking, a suit. like, sexy-ass Doom. Like, I'd tap that. Like, like Brandon Routh Doom. Like, Superman, you know, the guy who played Superman. It's kind of what he looked like. Or, actually, fuck it, he looks like Dean Cain from the old Superman TV show, The Adventures of Lois and Clark. But it's just Victor Von Doom in a suit. And... To be continued. Like, nothing, no explanation about it. I, I'm in. I like this book. Oh, no, good book, man. I, I, I liked it. I, 
it was it was definitely a fun book. I enjoyed it. You said it was a little wordy. I agree. Um, but it's definitely not something that's so wordy that you have to put it down. It's mm-hmm. it's it's just a little bit of a uh, like calm before the storm again. And you know, seeing Victor Von Doom was kind of a punch in the gut because when we saw him last, his face was fucked up. Yeah, it's fucking gnarly. And now he's a handsome man. So we'll see where that goes. But to round out the new Marvel books this week, it's probably my, this would be my third favorite of the week. Uh, uh, it mostly, grew on me, but I, I got qualms. Mostly because it's got an amazing line that we'll get to in a minute. Um, but Amazing Spider-Man number one. It was like 60-some-odd pages. It was the biggest book of the week. Uh, Dean, I, you didn't love it, so let me hear it. It's Steve Jobs' Spider-Man. It's literally Steve Jobs' Spider-Man. It is Steve Jobs' Spider-Man. That's, that's my problem with the book. I Look, I get it. You know, he's Spider-Man. He's fucking smart. But you had a chance to sort of reset and make him not as ridiculous as he's become he's only gotten more ridiculous apparently like far <laughs> yeah, they, more fucking ridiculous they took that fucking ball and ran with it because uh for for those of you who haven't been reading in over the last couple of years of spider-man doc ock took over peter parker's body and peter parker was gone for about a year and a half or so uh in real time and you know in comic book time who the fuck knows how long it was but <clears throat> oh, sorry. Um, in in real time, Spider-Man's been gone for uh, was gone for a year and a half, and throughout the course of the book, Doc Ock was like, you know, took Peter Parker from being a broke photographer and had him start Parker Industries because Doc Ock is super smart, and combine that with what was already super smart in Peter's mind, and you have this fucking super genius. And he's got this multinational corporation now that's making a ton of money and they're doing defense stuff and they're doing like all types of different shit. And eventually Peter came back as everyone knew he would, which was a, a, kind of a shame because his Superior Spider-Man book was fucking awesome. But he came back and now he's got this company that he has to run. So he's trying to figure out what to do in the world uh, to do good things well that that's the thing he uh the book sort of goes off on a bit of a tangent and makes you totally realize that he's not fit to be a like corporate overlord he's he wants no. to help people so you know he's not he's not about the money and you see that like halfway into the book when he uh the book goes into peter has to be at a big press conference and he's starting a you know a charity foundation. He wants to give away this technology basically for next to nothing. And he's getting paid about as much as some of his executives do. So like he's not making a crap ton of money for owning a corporation as well. He's basically the uh, Satoru Wada of uh, of Marvel. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So um, it's. You you start to realize in the book that like some corporate espionage is going on, and uh, it's it's being up to him. perpetrated by the 
the Zodiac. Yes, yes, and it's he's trying to figure it out, and I, I guess this is where the book is, is going to be for a while, is him trying to grapple with him having to be everywhere at once, and, um, you know... And how he can't be... Yes, exactly. ...everywhere at once, even with the addition of his new Spider-Mobile. Oh, God. Why? Why? He doesn't need it. <laughs> I don't know. It was fucking funny, though. It, uh, right. He's driving around in Shanghai, in China, with Mockingbird, singing a theme song for them, um, in the Spider-Mobile. She was not a big fan, by the way. <laughs> no, no, she was not. She was not. I don't think the Spider-Mobile will be something that will be sticking around for terribly long. God, I hope not. It was it was very gaudy and ridiculous. It's very ridiculous. But it did lead to uh, this opening scene of Spider-Man and Mockingbird in the Spider-Mobile chasing the, uh, the Leo, the lion of the Zodiac uh, Club. He has a, a lion face mask on. And uh, after the fight, um, you know, Mockingbird and Spider-Man are driving throughout the city, uh, trying to get back the servers that were stolen stolen from Parker Industries that have all this encrypted data on them and shit. And, you know, like like you said, trying to, whatever this corporate espionage is, Spider-Man jumps on. He's got a bunch of uh, new web cartridges. Uh, like one of them is metal that he says he calls them his bug zappers that fucking uh, electrocute these guys. And then he's got expanding web foam. And uh, it leads to the best line where the line face Zodiac guy is fucking getting all pissed off and basically just like, well, we're the Zodiac. You can't fucking stop us or whatever. And, and Peter's response is whatever. Craven's nipples called. They want your face back. It's the fucking <laughs> it was, best line of the week. It was good. Yeah, that that it's fucking hysterical. After I read that part, I was like, I'll I'll give it a few more pages because before that, I was like Spider-Man in the car. No, no, we're we're like in 70s Spider-Man land and I, I don't know. like it. But Craven's nipples called. They want your face back. It, yeah. It's so fucking funny. That, that turned it around. Um, also, oh, we God, have uh, awesome. we have Prowler in this book who's working for Peter mm -hmm. um, sort of as a counter spy, I I guess. I don't... Security. Uh, yeah, security uh, um, uh, person. That, yeah, he's, he's masquerading as Spider-Man so that Peter and Spidey can be together at the same time. Right. Right, and uh, again, he he's the one who uh, Peter counts on to do all the heavy lifting when it comes to actually checking out leads and stuff inside the company. Because at the end of the book, that is the Prowler's job is to find out who, who where the fuck they are going with this um uh, uh what do you call it the the webware fucking thing the little yeah. armor his fucking Apple Watch. The iWatch. They were or the Apple Watch, yeah. They, they're tracking where the Spidey iWatch is going, and it's Prowler's job to track it down. Fucking Steve Jobs. It, it really is Steve Jobs' Spider-Man, which I'm into. I mean, I thought it was a good book. It's, I really enjoyed it. It's not that it's a bad book. It's just like... I, it is... I didn't here's want the this. Thing. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. Dan Slott is a great writer. And has written some incredibly, incredibly good Spider-Man stuff. I'm kind of ready for a new voice on Spider-Man. Like, as much as I liked this, and the artwork was great because it's Giuseppe uh, Comicoli again, who's been on the book for a long time. Um, this seemed to be by far the most, uh, the most disjointed 
the start of a Dan Slott Spider-Man storyline has ever been. There's a lot of ideas going on in this book. Well, you know, it it's going to get to a point sooner or later where he's too big and he can't do anything with it. And they had the perfect point to break him back down into something more normal, and they didn't do it. Well, and honestly, I mean, I think that's where this is going. Um, it's They are obviously setting Spider-Man up for a fall. Like, they're going to... There will be an event. It's, it's going to be a pretty big fucking fall. <laughs> yeah, in like two years. Like, not this coming summer, but the following summer. Um, there will be a big tearing spider-man back down to his core thing like almost guaranteed because that's that's the only way that this can go and they even start to introduce where that might be coming from um there's a robot that roams the halls of parker industries oh man that um spoilers spoilers yeah really if you haven't figured out those spoilers yet why are you still listening (laughs) um from uh, another carryover from the superior spider-man stuff was uh doc ock as peter fell in love with this uh, this woman named Anna, or Anna, I don't, you know, depending if you're fancy or not. Um, fucking, and she now works for Parker Industries, and she, when Peter took possession of his body back, he obviously did not love this woman uh, the way that she loved the Doc Ock Spidey. Um, but she's super smart, and he hired her on, and she is now a friend to him and whatever. Uh, but there's this robot um, the, that Doc Ock had built to help him in his lab as he was working on stuff. And uh, the robot is following around, talking to Anna. And we see at the very end of it, you know, the robot says, I will I will assist you or whatever. Um, you know, she says, you can back off. You're, a little, you're being a little clingy uh, since your last upgrade. And we come to a close-up of the robot's eyes. And we see Doc Ock's face. So Doc Ock will be coming back, which I'm really excited for. They they did Dan Slott did such a good job of making Doc Ock relevant and cool again, um, with the Superior Spider-Man run. That I'm now really excited for a new Doc Ock story. I I want to see how he gets into a new body because he needs one. Yeah, his other body uh, died of cancer. Well, that's what happens when you got octopus tentacles in you. So. You know, that's, it'll be interesting. The, uh, the rest of this book was then um, focused on introducing us to the rest of what will comprise the Spider-Man section of the new Marvel Universe, which is Spider-Man 2099, uh, being written by Peter David, David uh, who, is, who wrote that book a long time ago, has been writing the reboot, and or has done some work on the reboot, and will now be writing this one. And... I liked it. Like it was, it was a good enough story. I don't know that this was anything that I'll need to pick up with with regularity because there wasn't much to it. Can't say I'm gonna read it. Yeah, like it was good. Like the artwork was good. The writing was good. I just, I'm not all that interested. You know, the the thing with me is, I really only need one Spider Man. Like I don't, I don't need four different iterations of Spider Man. Things confuse me. Then that's why I don't read. <laughs> Green Lantern, Green Lantern Corps, White Lantern, <laughs> fucking Purple Lantern. I don't care. I just want one. You don't have to make seven books. Same reason why I only read Batman and not the whole entire Bat family. I don't want to know what his second cousin Carl's doing in their mobile home in Alabama. I'm, 
I'm a simple caveman. Your modern ways frighten and confuse me. They do. <laughs> Fucking Phil Hartman joke. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I'm with you, though. Like, there's too many... There, there wasn't enough about this book to make it stand out to say, like, oh, this is a different take on this that I am interested in and need to read. Um, whereas the rest of the books that are previewed here, uh, we get a preview of Silk, number one, um, where she's super badass and, and is taking these guys down and trying to figure out why they stole from uh, Parker Industries as well. Wait, but, so it's not a 23-page ad for soy milk? Yes, it is actually. <laughs> okay. At the end of the day, she goes to the corporate overlords at Silk at the soy milk. No. Um, she, she gets this thing back that was stolen and takes it back to the black cat who apparently she is working for. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm into that one. Uh, the next one was Pregnant Spider-Woman, uh, still beating some people up, which Spider-Woman's pregnant. And how they're going to deal with that, we'll find out. It could be really funny. It could be a really good, uh, really good book. She she beats up uh, Goldbug, the Walrus, and the White Rabbit, who are actual legitimate Marvel characters. Um, There's some D-listers for you. Yeah, and some fucking serious D-listers. Which may be featured one day on our Welcome to the D-List, found right here on geekade.com. I liked it. I. What did you think of this one? Meh. Meh. Okay. Are you, are you talking about the Spider-Man book as a whole, or just these short stories now? These shorts. This short story. Yeah. In, in um, particular. I, I don't know. I. I you know. I. Again, I don't know. It, it goes Pardon back me. to to the thing. I. I don't. I don't need it. I. I. They're not people i particularly love or care about so i can't say i'm really into it right i don't know pregnant spider woman could be interesting uh and then the last one that's previewed or the second to last one that's previewed in here is uh going to be the time traveling book the web warriors book which will feature gwen stacy um the alternate gwen stacy who is spider gwen uh the spider-man noir the British Spider-Man, the Indian Spider-Man, and Peter Porker. Can we just fucking stop with this shit? Like, I don't need any more Spider-Verse shit. Settle everything down and kill it off. I don't need it. I disagree. I like the Spider-Verse oh, stuff. On, but man. it's Peter Porker. I can get, I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Go, go on. Keep going. Peter Porker, Spider-Gwen, the book's called Web Warriors. Uh, this book will make it uh, seven issues, maybe, before it's canceled. Um, they're going to be Spider-Men going throughout universes and uh, universes where their versions of Spider-Man are gone, and they're going to step in. It's not going to be around for a while, but whatever, fuck it. I'll read it because it's Peter Porker and Spider-Gwen. And then the final one is... Uh, Miles Morales. The only one I will read is that one. Yeah. This one I think looks pretty cool. They, it shows Miles Morales because, and here's the weird thing. Like we're going to have to, when we talk about these books, identify whether we're talking about Miles Morales, Spider-Man or Peter Parker, Spider-Man, because they're both just called Spider-Man. And I don't want to say like blue Spider-Man and black Spider-Man. Cause like that just sounds ridiculous. I don't know. We'll figure out a way to, to really talk about it. Or maybe they'll they'll do it for us. Maybe they'll differentiate. But he captures uh, uh, the Ox, who is uh, a fucking D-list villain. And there's a carryover from the characters uh, in the Spider-Woman little story, the White Rabbit, the fucking Goldbug, and 
uh, the Walrus, they're there as well. And they're being taken to the new version of Rikers, and they put the ox in the cell, and it is barely bigger than he is. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I can't live in this. And, you know, a lady pops up, and she's like, oh, uh, we don't expect you to live. Sorry. That's nice. Yeah. They kill him. Um, no powers that they will find that are going to be uh, worthy of being used by the regent who is going to be the big bad of this book so apparently the regent is controlling fucking rikers and is going to kill people what what i'm a little uh, serve him well yeah what i'm a little leery about is um the ultimate spider-man universe was really good um yeah and the fact that you had different versions of all these uh these characters was great that doesn't exist anymore because mm-hmm. they're in the same universe now. So I don't. Uh, we're gonna see overlapping, and I don't, I don't like it. I don't. I don't want it to happen, but it will. So you know. Yeah, I mean they're they're really going um, ham, as you like to say. Thank you. Uh, so we've got Amazing Spider-Man. Um, so we've got Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man twenty ninety nine. Spider-Man, Spider-Woman, Silk, Spider-Gwen, Carnage, Web Warriors, Spider-Man and Deadpool, and Spidey. There's ten Spider-Man books that are going to be published. Like, there's going to be a book called Spidey. Marvel's pulling the Batman card. They really are. Like, ten Spider-Man books. That's a lot. Like It's a lot people, of fucking Spider-Man People books. like Spider-Man, but you're, you're kind of pushing the envelope here a little bit. I mean, this this almost goes to where X-Men was uh, two two years ago. There were, like, seven or eight X-Men book out, books out. Yeah. And that's crazy, man. You know... I, it's a lot of fucking yeah, books. What taste are you trying to, to go for? Because it's like, well, this is X-Men, but this is X-Men with Wolverine being gay and having one claw instead of three. And then there's six <laughs> X-Men, and Scott only has uh, one eyeball. So he literally is a Cyclops. and But he doesn't have lasers. He's actually just a Cyclops. And it's shit like that. Like, I, do, do we need all of them? D- no. No, we don't. Like, no. I I get it. You're trying to make something for everyone. Make it three books. I, I that's just me. You know. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And you know, like I said, I don't think Spider-Man 2099 is going to stick around for all that long. I don't think Web Warriors is going to stick around all that long. Um, they'll condense some stuff and and eventually, like you know, like we said, they're going to tear Spider-Man back down because Spider-Man. What makes him interesting is his everyman status not super rich or the head of a corporation kind of thing like that's it's not what people like about spider-man well right so now he's, uh, be... he's poor man tony stark well that's still better than the rest of us <laughs> so <laughs> you know um all right so that's that's the new marvel books there was a lot of other stuff that came out this week that um did you read anything else this week dean uh no i did not because this was a lot <laughs> it was a lot uh, there was a couple things that came out, uh, just a couple quick hits. Uh, DC, you know, I love you, DC Comics, but um, Convergence was a flop financially for everyone, retailers, publisher, the whole deal. 
why then they thought it would be a good idea to publish uh, Telos number one. Stop! Because apparently people had not had enough of the Telos and Brainiac story from Convergence. Does he do his uh, little little speech again? No, he doesn't. Okay, good. Well, I don't know. I didn't read the book. I flipped through it and went, yeah, no, no, not interested. Um, Starve number five came out. It's it's an image comics book about like fucking reality cooking shows that are like death matches and shit too. It's a badass book. You should be fucking reading that. Star Wars number ten was really cool. Um, and then. Paper Girls, number one, it's, uh, there's not enough time to describe what happened in this book, uh, but it's a new Brian K. Vaughn book, so buy it. Yeah, no, agreed. I don't even, I don't even know what it's about, but you should, because Brian K. Vaughn. That, that's really all you need to know. And the last one, if you are not reading the Miracle Man book that they are publishing over at Marvel, they're currently with the Neil Gaiman and Mark Buckingham stuff. Uh, you are fucking missing out on an amazing, amazing comic. It is, it's so fucking good. It's so good. The Miracle Man shit, like that's podcast for another podcast, as Chris likes to say. But, but goddamn it, pick that book up. It's amazing. So yeah, I think that about uh, that about covers what we got this week. Announcer really guys, sing us get... out. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Thank you, Dan! Attention listeners, did you know the Geek Aid crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geek Aid website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geek Aid by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at geekaid.com. Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan! All right, well, that that about does it for this issue of the Paper Cuts podcast. As always, I want to thank you for listening and remind you to head over to geekaid.com for tons of great content, new stuff going up every single day. Dean, this evening, will be streaming a brand new game that he just purchased off of Steam that I have never heard of, but it sounds pretty badass, and you should check it out as well. We've got a ton of articles, podcasts, videos, all types of stuff going up this month, all Halloween-themed. You can check out my Why I Love Wrestling articles for some of the most ridiculous, scary wrestlers that there have ever been. Scary. Scary wrestlers. Uh, and when I say most ridiculous, I'm I'm talking about the ones that I actually kind of liked, not the just really shitty ones like the zombie or the vampire, which are actual wrestlers. Um, anything you want, though, we've got it. Don't forget to subscribe to this show. Leave a quick five-star review on iTunes when you get a second. It's the best way to get eyes and ears on the show. Helps move us up the charts. And the best thing, it is totally free. It doesn't cost you a damn dime. If you want to send us money, though, please do. We'll take it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Finally, if you ever want to get a hold of us, you can follow us on Twitter. You can find Dean at Kimono underscore Vestlord. And you can find me at Dan. Tune in next week as we talk about some more Marvel number ones catch up on some Secret Wars stuff, and I don't know, probably laugh at a Mega Man issue or two. <laughs> Have a good day. I'll see you later. For Matthew Much, for Evan Goldstein, for Dean DeFalco, 
and for Dan Ryan, I'm Dan Ryan.